Amen, amen, and amen. I'm going to move this stuff because I plan to do a couple of backflips tonight. And uh, <laughs> I was like, you guys really wanted me to do backflips. <laughs> I am not doing backflips. Um, I will tell you a story um, kind of about a backflip. Um, uh, and I feel like I, I may have told this story again uh, uh, once before. And so if I did, just laugh a little harder this time, and I'll try not to tell it a third time. Uh, but with my work, we do, um, we do these things uh, um, like these national or whatever it is, uh, best places to work, right? And uh, every time, almost every time that we do one of these uh, best places to work, they end up um, asking me to go accept the award and whatever it is. And, and uh if you've never been to like a best places to work event, it's like it's like going straight back to high school and it's like a pep rally. And I mean like straight pep rally, like people, faces painted, costumes on, screaming, shouting, trumpets, band, like they're, it's like, it's big time, okay? And they have this like, they have this, you're, you're at the Xavier Stadium, and so you, you're, you're up in these bleachers, and you're with your company and all this stuff, and, and when they announce you, you have to go down, and you have to walk on this red carpet. Yeah, that's right. They rolled the red carpet out for me, people. They also rolled it out for all the other people, but I'm not going to talk about that part. Anyways, so they roll the red carpet out for me, and then you got to go, and I, I wanted to do something crazy, and I was like, I'm going to do something crazy, guys. And they're like, all right, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to do a cartwheel. And they're like, can you do a cartwheel? And Bethany will tell you, I cannot do a cartwheel. <laughs> Like not even close, and so I I I did a like a summer wheel is really what it became. It's like I like fell down on my shoulders and like rolled over. It was it was not pretty, um, but it had the same reaction that a good cartwheel would have, in my opinion, um, except for like the extreme pain in my shoulder. Um, that that was not fun. So that's not what I, that was a freebie, so you guys can put that one in your pocket because that wasn't in my notes, okay? So tonight, tonight I want to talk to you about being an influencer, and I feel like I'm saying that wrong, um, an, influent, an influencer, okay, I think I got that right. I'll probably butcher that three or four more times. I want to talk to you about being a person of influence because I believe all of us should be people of influence. I believe that it is something that God designed us to be able to have, influence. I think influence is, is a good thing. And I think influence can be this like tricky thing because Bethany and I have talked about this a lot, okay? Um, when I describe my leadership style in any setting that I'm in, okay? Um, if I talk about my leadership style, I will say that I am an influential leader. That's how I like to lead, through influence, like, I'm not a dictator where I'm like, this is the way it's got to be, and if it's not this way, I'm going to lose my marbles, right? Some people at work claim that I'm a dictator. I don't think that's fair. I think that's a little rude, and I'm going to have a talking with them about that. No. Um, but influence is this tricky thing because when you talk about being influential, it's, it's about being able to have experiences that other people have found enough value in that you have influence. Like you don't just, you can't just like wake up one day and be like, you know what? I am going to be an influential leader. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use all this influence that I have, which I have none of, <laughs> and influence people. That's not, that's not the way influence works, okay? And so we're, we're going to talk about being influential. Wow, that was fun. How many letters do you think was in the word influential? Because that's probably one of the biggest words I've ever said in my life. And I feel like that's something so much. Beth, count the letters in that. Um, what? Did you, did Chris, did you just say how many letters are in that word? Oh, okay. I believe it. I believe all of you. Ten letter words, man. When I'm hitting double digits, guys, this is big time for me. So it's going to be a big day. The word influence, it means the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. And that's why some people don't like the word influence. Because <laughs> when you hear about that, it's like, wait a minute, you can have an effect on the character development of behavior of someone or something? Like, whoa, hold on, hold on a minute. And, and I want to talk about this because... Um, there, there's some really interesting things about influence, but influence is very similar to trust. And trust you have to what? Earn. You have to earn trust. Influence isn't much different than that. And, and, and in, my, in my job, okay, in my day job, I spend most of my time building influence. That's literally, it's like, it's like one of the biggest things that I have to do in my job is build influence for myself and influence for the company that I work for, okay? And like as you as you understand that you start having influence in the area, you're like, wait a minute, I can tap into this and I can spend it. <laughs> this is gonna get weird. You guys are gonna be like, this guy's like spending influence like it's currency. Like it doesn't even make sense. Just just go with me, okay? We're going to go into this wondrous place and it's going to make sense. Or you guys are going to say, that was weird. Um, one way or the other, something's going to be said about it. Here we go. In our lives, we are constantly building influence, whether you like it or not. Every decision that you make, every place that you go, every connection that you have, you are building influence. Now, a lot of people don't think about the process of building influence because they don't, um, they, they, they don't really see the value in it until it's so much later that they wish they had some expertise. Like, I can remember when I was, um, when I was younger, I took jobs based off of the education and the experience that I would get from it. I can remember one time that I actually took a pay cut to take a job because I knew the experience that I was going to get. Why did I want that experience? Because it was going to allow me to be influential in that type of a role. I worked one job for, I think it was nine months. I was a small engine mechanic. Probably one of the best things that I ever did by going to be a small engine mechanic for nine months because I know how to do things, right? Like, it's so helpful that I don't have to call someone every time a chainsaw is broken or whatever it is, right? And so those experiences give you influence. And a lot of times we're building influence in ways that we don't want, <laughs> Like people, people may look at you and they may determine what your influence is and you may look back and you'd be like, dang, that is, <laughs> that is, like that is the mark of my character. That is the mark of who I am. 
And that's where I have influence. And I, I want to explain this for a minute. So many of you know uh, Bob Carlson, who's outside uh, with his lovely bride, okay? Um, if I was to be finally building a new set of stairs for over here, which it's not going to be stairs, it's going to be a ramp, but I'm just, just go with me, okay? If I was building a set of stairs over here and I was going to work on it and Bob comes up to me and gives me a better way to cut these stairs out so that they won't be all like lopsided and crooked and jankety and look like Tom did it, right? Um, I'm going to listen to him. Why am I going to listen to him? Because he has cut probably hundreds of stairs in his life. And so he knows, right? He knows the process and he's going to be able to influence my decision. He's going to influence the very next thing that I do. Now, now I am going to, I am going to clause this like crazy because I'm going to get in trouble for it later. But if Bethany came up to me, <laughs> love you, babe. If Bethany came up to me when I was getting ready to try to cut the stairs and she started trying to tell me how to cut the stairs, and I say that not because she's, she's never tried to do anything like this with me ever before, okay? She's never looked at something and tried to tell me how to do it. That's never happened, okay? It's not her style. But if she was to do that, I would be a good husband and listen to her. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Most of the time, and this is just my human, this is where I suck as a, as a husband. Um, and, hey, quiet down back there, Beth, okay? Keep it down, please. Um, I would probably, more than anything, get aggravated. And I'm just, <laughs> she's mm-hmming me back there, for those of you that are outside. Um, I would more so get aggravated and be like, just let me think. Okay, that's usually my thing, like just leave me alone while I can figure this out. But my response isn't because, <laughs> my response to Bob isn't different because I love Bob more than my wife, right? That doesn't make sense. It's because Bob has influence in that area because of his experiences, because of his life, because of what he's done. Now, Bethany is going, I'm telling you, she's going to tell me afterwards, you know, I did build a bunch of stairs with my dad back when he was building decks. Like, I know that's going to happen, but just, uh, we're not going to buy into that, people, okay? But, but when you think about this, you know, the influence that he has can make a big impact on my life when it comes to those stairs, right? Because he knows, right? He's been there. He's experienced this. Now, I don't think that Bob... The first time he started cutting stairs, that he looked like, you know what I'm doing? I'm building influence. <laughs> no, he's trying to build stairs. I guarantee you that's what he's trying to do. And he may not have known it at the time, but every set of stairs that he cut, both those that he cut right and those that he cut wrong, now, knowing Bob, he probably never cut any wrong, but I'm just saying, if he was, <laughs> He was gaining influence. And I think this is important to understand because, you know, we're, you guys are like, okay, Tommy, why, why are we doing the whole influence talk? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share three scriptures with you, okay? And I'm going to share them all at the top of the hour right now, okay? And so be patient with me. Write them down if you want to look them up and you want to read more later. But I want to show you what the Word of God says about influence and how it points us out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verse 33. Now, this is kind of like, 
if you're like a um, if you're like a, a a speaker, like a good speaker, like someone, think of a good speaker that's not me because I'm not good at this because I'm going to butcher this right now. Okay, but as you look at this scripture, this is like the moment. Like this is this is the whole conversation that we were trying to get to, and I'm going to tell you at the beginning, and that means some of you are going to be like, oh, cool, I can just doze off for the last half and I'll be good which is maybe true. I don't know. Um, but I want you to see this because this scripture has been just leaping out at me this week. Actually, for the last two weeks, I can remember looking at this scripture multiple times. And 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. Now, I, I think this is a, I think this is an interesting passage to think about as we talk about influence, because what you're, what it's really pointing out here, is how much influence the people that you surround yourself with have on your life. I had, a, I had a phenomenal conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about how, listen, and, I, and you guys know that I've talked about this, okay? We were designed as beings to crave community. We want community no matter what it looks like, no matter how good it looks or no matter how bad it looks. We crave community. It is the part of who we are. When God formed Adam, he said it was not good for man to be what? alone. The problem becomes where we find ourselves, where our feet allow us to go, and how we are then influenced because of that circle, right? We, we talk about real church. The R in real stands for relationships. Like that, I wanted you all to say something else that started with an R. Like the R stands for, and everyone would be like, Rigatoni or something. It would have been funny, but it didn't work that way. Maybe next time, guys. We'll practice that. But it stands for relationships. Because relationships, listen, there are so many churches that are out there today. Amazing, beautiful, wonderful churches. But can I tell you, every single one of those churches are filled with people with different beliefs, different understanding, different opinions, and different concepts of what they may think or feel. And that is called being human, okay? But when you are connected into a community of believers like this, you can be equipped and encouraged, even though you don't necessarily agree on every little jot and tittle that you might think that you have to. Like that, that is literally the whole concept of being a part of the body of Christ. It's not about saying, you know what? Yeah, did you know Jim Jim and what Jim Jim thinks. <laughs> now I should say Jimmy. He, he likes Chevys, guys. Like, <laughs> especially since he's not here tonight. Jim, he likes Chevys. Like, are you kidding me? This ain't the church for me. Um, but it's important to understand that what this passage is showing us is the influence that people can have on you. And so when you think about this, if bad company ruins, ruins good morals, what does good company do? What does good company do? 
What happens when all of a sudden you make a conscious decision? You say, I'm going to plant my feet in a position that allows me to be surrounded by goodness and righteousness and holiness. And I'm going to watch God do things in my life like I've never seen before. It's not going to ruin good morals. <laughs> Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says this, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Now, as you talk about this, this is about being together, right? Being together. This is, this is why I talk how important it is to gather, right? I know some of us are outside, some of us are inside, and some of us are virtual, but what I'm saying and getting to is that that whole process of iron sharpening iron, it is about influencing each other. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Like, that is, that is as real as it gets, guys. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Now, a lot of people are like, well, I want to be wise. <laughs> but that wise guy is not very fun to hang out with because he's, he, you know, I feel bad about my not wiseness. <laughs> hmm, I don't know. Here's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at two things, okay? I'm getting at two things. I want you to think about this. One, how are you being influenced? How are you being influenced? And two, how are you influencing others? Because it's both sides. See, because what we want to do is we want to put all of the blame of all of our issues and all of our problems and all of our struggles on everyone else that's around us. But let me tell you something, whether you believe it or not, you have influence. Someone is watching you. Someone is learning from you. Someone is growing into what you are. And you need to ask yourself now, am I, how am I leading them, right? Am I going to ruin their good morals? Like I have four kids. Like in my world, I've got four kids. And these four kids are following me, right? They're looking at what I'm doing. They're looking at how I'm responding. They're looking at how I speak, and in all of those things, they are learning. I'm influencing them constantly. So maybe, I mean, maybe it's not kids, but maybe it's someone, maybe it's someone that's close to you, or maybe it's someone that's around you, maybe it's a friend, maybe, I, I don't know. But I, I, when, you, when you think about how are you influencing others, I'm not talking about those that are just in your, your, you know, your Bible brother band. I'm talking about how are you influencing those that are around you at the store, on the street you live on, in your family? See, because for some reason, a lot of times, people are better at being kind to their neighbor than being kind to their sibling or their parents or whatever it is. The reason I want you to think about influence, okay, is there's a, there's a couple of things about the church's influence that I think is important to understand. And if you think about it this way, if Bob had no experience building steps, or even worse, no experience building anything at all, do you think that I'm going to go to him to get his thoughts on the build? No. 
It's not going to happen, right? Bob's not even going to come to mind when I think of that, if that was the case. So I want you to think about it this way. How is it that we're expecting people to come to us to ask us about Jesus, to ask us how he's influenced our lives when we have no evidence of it in everything else we do or say? Months ago, I talked about we've got this problem within the body of Christ where we have too many closet Christians. It <laughs> doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And here's the problem. You don't, you, you know, so many people are like, well, they ought to know I'm a Christian. I, didn't, I don't say curse words, Tom. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I... <laughs> I know some Christians that say a lot more curse words than some people who claim to be Christians and aren't Christians and don't say any. See, because so many people have gotten caught up in the religious nature of being a part of the church. And they've defined that as church. I'm a good church boy now because I, I don't say words anymore. Now, I'm not saying you should you know, maybe talk like a sailor all the time. But what I am saying is that you, you, you don't gain influence by what you don't do. You gain influence by what you do. See, Bob doesn't have experience because he never built stairs. He has experience because he's built stairs. And so when it comes to your life and the things that you want people to lean on you to, the things that you want to be known for, the things that you want to mark your life, the question becomes, what are you doing because it is what you're doing that is going to earn you influence that's it it's not about what you're talking about doing listen you guys know me that for the most part I don't like to just say I like to do I'm a doer right that's why we have a, a airstream trailer that we've got tore halfway apart <laughs> People are like, do you know how to run the electrical for all this? And I'm like, no, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, do you know all the legal? No, I don't, but we'll figure it out, right? Because I would much rather do than sit on my hands. And, and the church has been guilty. Listen, the church has been so guilty of this because what's happened is the church is known solely by what it doesn't do. When people ask what a Christian is, what are, what's the world's response? Think about that for a minute. If you think, what is a Christian? How could I describe a Christian? Most of the time, people are actually going to talk more about the things that the, church, that the church doesn't do or says that they don't do. They just do it behind closed doors so no one sees. Okay, I'm not, gonna tell, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. The question becomes why, this is, this is why the church doesn't have influence anymore. See, the church used to call the shots. Like people get so frustrated with government and oh, they're taking God out of government. Taking, listen, here's the problem. We're so worried about them taking God out of government. We've taken God out of most of Christianity to make it comfortable for the rest of us so that we can just enjoy ourselves and have a good time and not feel guilty about our sin and our problems and our challenges and our issues and all that stuff. And that is not having influence. <laughs> See, 
the government should be coming to the church and saying, hey, how is it that you completely eradicated poverty in the city that you were in? Like that's, that's the kind of influence that I believe the church should have. They should, they should come to us and they say, how is it that you completely wiped out any need for hunger, for food stamps, for whatever the story is? How is it that you did that? That's the kind of influence that the church should have. And the problem is the church only holds influence for church people. Like, it's not, it's not for the people that are out there every day with real needs that are suffering, that are hurt, that are damaged, that are alone. It's literally about, boy, pastor, how, how'd you get 100 people to come to your big event? <laughs> That's just church people talking. That sucks. That's just talk. There's no change. There's no life. There's no, there's no stirring of the Holy Spirit. There's no, there's no fruit to that that produces change. I've been a part of too many events where literally you'll watch people come in, act, do the whole shindig, do the song and dance, walk out the door and talk horrifically about everyone and their brother. Well, did you see what so-and-so was wearing today? Huh. We, we cannot allow, listen, we cannot allow the nature of the American church to continue to distort the bride of Christ. And that has happened for far too long where the mark of Christianity is nothing more than a list of things that we don't do. That's not right. You don't, again, you don't gain influence by what you don't do. You get influence by what you actually do do. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, all of us have influence. If you don't think you do, I want you to think about the last time someone asked for your opinion or your feedback on something, because guess what? Whatever that thing was, you have some element of influence in that. It's just as simple as it is. Now, I want you to think about that spiritually, how often is someone asking you for advice on something spiritually? Something that, that should be so much more of our conversation. I mean, we, we should be able to say, man, I'm asked way more about the things of God than I am how to build stairs. <laughs> but the question becomes, is it because we're not being influential in this way? When someone around you is in need, are we not actually being influential because we don't know how to tap into the source? We don't know how to actually build our relationship with Christ. See, there are things that people should know about you, about your passions, and about what fuels you. Like, here's part of the problem. I, and I start when I first started writing this, I started writing this around the concept of value. Because we all place value in different things at different levels. That's just, just, that's the way we are. We have our own core value system that we apply to things. Some people have a value of a specific thing that is held much higher than someone else. 
Very simple. My daughter today, perfect example of this, okay? My daughter, I took her with me, little Naomi, okay? I went to go get some windshield wipers. I saw Justin in the family there, right? I went to go get some windshield wipers because I'm cheap and um, they've been horrible for, I don't know, two years or something. So I finally decided, hey, I need to probably swap these things out. And then, of course, I bought the cheap kind because the guy wanted $50. Man, those things are expensive. I was like, that's crazy. Give me the cheap stuff. Anyways, when we were standing there and I was trying to figure out how to put them on, Justin saw that too. Don't tell anyone about that. Um, just so you know, I don't have great experience uh, and influence in that area, okay? Small engine mechanic, they don't, the small engines don't have windshield wipers, okay? Let's be honest, so windshield wipers are weird, okay? I mean, just, I'm just going to stand my ground a little bit there. It's okay. Um, when I was standing there, Naomi looked down. And she said, Daddy, 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 Daddy. I was like, what, honey? I was hoping that she would tell me how to do this, but that's not what she did. <laughs> you got to twist them the other way. <laughs> oh, thanks, honey. Um, no, she was like, Daddy, there's a penny on the ground. And I was like, well, you, you can pick it up, hon. Like, I don't think anyone's coming back for that penny. <laughs> you know? And she grabbed it. And she was so excited. She was so incredibly excited because her, listen, I wouldn't have bent down to pick up the penny. I wouldn't have. Maybe I need to start doing that. I don't know. Actually, I've got four little minions that do it for me and they bring it back to the source. I figured this out, guys. But she looked down and she grabbed that and she was so excited because her value system of that penny it had so much more value to her than it did to me. The problem that has happened in the church is that the things of God, we don't hold the same value as we once did. See, we have now esteemed different things. Listen, I, I, I've said this before. Someone coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and making a decision, feeling the stirring in their heart that says, I want to accept Jesus. I want to change my life. I want to live for him. I want to get away from what I have been in the past. That decision is the most amazing, the most glorious, the most righteous, the holiest thing that could ever happen in a church setting. But what we have done is we have glorified more when someone does something in a worship song that makes me get a little tingly. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's not a good thing. My claws queen, I'm looking at her back there. I'm not saying that that's not good. The Holy Spirit moves in you and all those things. But when we have trumped everything else, <laughs> that was not supposed to be a political reference. Let me back that up, okay? When we have allowed everything else to become more important than coming to Jesus Christ, we have messed it all up. I am not saying that there is not experiences and there's not deeper in the things of Christ. Listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking about coming to the saving knowledge if I didn't know what would continue to come and how you would continue to be changed and transformed and everything that you would experience after that. But what I am saying is that we and our value system in the church 
have allowed everything else to become more important. We've allowed what the pastor says or does to become more valuable than what this says. I will tell you this till I'm blue in the face. I'm going to say things wrong. I'm going to screw things up. I'm going to get it all jacked up, okay? Because I am not, listen, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Um, he is going for his second master's degree in theology. And he started talking to me about this paper that he's having to write. And it's so funny for me because, and, and I, think, I think you should study, don't get me wrong on all this, okay? But what I'm saying to you is this. My heart is, I just want to love people, <laughs> I just want to love people in such a way that they experience that love and they say, why would you love me when I've treated you like this? Why would, you, why would you care about me when I am nobody? I am nothing. I've never done anything. I've never given anything. I've never experienced. When, when, you, when you are in those moments and I want to be able to say, man, because God loved me in all of those states that I've been in. That is the life-changing gospel, and we haven't placed enough value in it. We put more value in our rituals, in our ceremonies, in our, in, in our whatever it is, whatever the story can be, fill in the blank, right? Fill in the blank in every bad church experience you've ever had. You can just fill it in. I don't, need to, I don't need to fill it in for you. But what I'm telling you is that we need to become influential in such a way that people see the life of Christ in you. Not to have to explain, oh, actually, I, 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 I go to church on, well, Saturday night because we're weird, but whatever. <laughs> we need to be influential and what we do, and what we say, and you got to understand this, you are building influence every moment of every day. I'm influencing my kids by the things I say and do. Nakoda's a little bit sassy. <laughs> She's a little bit of a smart aleck, <laughs> and I have no clue where she gets that from. <laughs> but just as they are learning after me, so is everyone else. And I'm not saying that because this is, this is where we get it all wrong, guys. Many people will say, well, you know, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the pastor. You know, the pastor is going to do this, that, or the other. And, and, and I'm telling you, we've gotten the value system so wrong. And I can tell you by, by this way, we, we, have, we have belittled so many things in the church that it's not even funny. It's a sin, to be quite honest with you. And churches have gotten this wrong in so many ways. But I, I, I had this analogy come to me um, a couple weeks ago. I pulled up, I went to the Valvoline Instant Oil Change place. Not a sponsor, okay? They're not sponsoring this sermon. But I, I pulled up there, and the whole time, I don't know if you guys have ever done one of these instant oil changes, but there's a guy here, and he's like, talking to me the whole time, right? He's trying to upsell on everything else, you know, that he's selling. I should have just bought the wipers in, to be quite honest with you. And then I wouldn't have had to change it and I'd have watched him do it. And it probably would have been cheaper. But anyways, I, 
I sat there and this guy's talking my head off, right? He's doing all this talking, all this yapping, all this thing. But the reality is all of the work was being done underneath the car. <laughs> because to be quite honest with you, I could have pulled up, everything been done, dude not be yapping in my ear, and I could have got phenomenal service by the tech who's down there and taking everything apart and putting everything back together, pulling my oil drain, all that stuff, right? And what's happened is we have put more value on someone who's going to stand up here, who's going to have a microphone, who's going to try to talk for 30 minutes or whatever it is, okay? And it's wrong. That's not being a part of the bride of Christ. You don't have to come, become a pastor, become an evangelist. Listen, there is a, there is a, 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 a situation that happened in my life that I know. I had a, a, an individual who... Um, <laughs> who was set in their mind that they had to become a preacher or they would never be valuable in the kingdom. And that is part of the flaw of the church today. That this person decided the only way they could have value in the kingdom of God was by doing something that, to be quite honest with you, they were not wired to do. Okay, and he was, you know, we, we take these square pegs and we try to shove them in a round hole instead of equipping people in their giftings and what they have available because every single one of you, you have some element of influence that can be used for the kingdom of God. But you have to be willing to engage with that. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close tonight. I want to um, I want to have you think about this tonight. There there is there is something within each of us, and I, I don't know what it is for you. I don't I, you know um, I, I can speak for myself, but we need to get back into a place where we allow God to influence everything that we do. We let the news influence us more than we allow God to influence us. We let the media influence more than we allow God to influence us. We need to understand that the influence that we have should be leading people to a productive life in Christ. And we got to stop just being so worried about what we don't do. <laughs> There's too much religiousness in that. There's too much tied up in that. Where you feel like your hands are tied because you're trying to just accomplish this list of don't do's as opposed to doing the things of Christ, doing the work and the ministry of Christ. And I want you to understand this. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been. What matters is that God has a purpose and a place for you no matter where you are at in your walk with him. You are valuable. You matter. You matter. Despite what anyone else wants to tell you, that you don't matter in the kingdom, you matter. Matter.